according to Luma, we've had more billion dollar ad tech acquisitions in the first quarter of 2021 than in the previous several years combined. What's going on? Could it be talk of third party cookie deprecation? Maybe the reality of IDFA apocalypse? New levels of competition or maybe changing marketing channels and opportunities? Or is it just a new emphasis on platform and services and first party data? We're going to find out. Vungle has been a big part of this acquisition frenzy and has acquired four companies in the last nine months alone, including most recently JetFuel, an influencer marketing platform. And today we're chatting with Vungle's SVP of revenue, Scott Welcome, Scott. Nice to be here, John. Hey, super happy to have you here. Vungle's done a ton of acquisitions lately. What's changed in the market? What's driving this? Yeah, great question. Uh, the acquisitions you're seeing now, uh, they really kind of reflect our, our strategy that began back uh, in 2019 when Blackstone uh, first made its acquisition of Vungle. Our acquisition strategy really has been kind of focused on adapting our business to a changing marketplace, but our vision is still the same to help developers address their, their app growth cycle, you know, and that can be from game design to development, to marketing measurement and beyond, you know, so far, like you mentioned, we've actually closed three acquisitions, the jet fuel deal we announced a few weeks ago. Uh, our first three acquisitions were largely what I would call thematic in nature. They, they kind of solve core adjacent problems to app development. That could be user acquisition or monetization. Uh, the first deal we did was, was Algolift. Uh, that was back in October of 2020. Basically, Algolift uh, is uh, a platform that is meant to help uh, marketers determine the lifetime value of the users they're acquiring mm -hmm. and automate their uh, their acquisition of new users based on, on those, those calculations. And then from there, we, we went on to, to buy a company called Game Refinery, which really helps uh, it helps app developers identify what basically it's a research product that provides insight into what users want to see within games and how advertising performs within those game experiences. And then just recently, we uh, announced the closing of Tracenso, which is a creative builder technology that helps marketers basically create ads that they can run, uh, you know, wherever throughout the, the mobile, mobile app ecosystem. Right. And now you've got jet fuel and we'll get into what that is, what that looks like, what that company does and how that's going to fit in your whole suite of products. But it's quite interesting because anybody who's been paying attention to the landscape lately, you know, over the past few years, there's been a profusion of logos, right? I mean, logo explosion. Uh, you've seen Scott Brinker's marketing tech landscape and ad tech has been very similar. Now we're seeing this consolidation. What's driving that? Are our mobile advertisers needs changing or is it the environment that's changing? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. And I, I think there is increasingly mobile marketers are looking to consolidate themselves and find like more uh, one-stop shops that can service all of their needs. Uh, that's certainly kind of one of the theses that we have in, in our acquisition. How can we better service those, those customers on a more holistic basis? 
Uh, and JetFuel fits right into that. You know, basically, how can we help them acquire users where those users live? Uh, so I, I think that has been part of the consolidation. I also think, uh, you know, the market is becoming increasingly complex. And so, you know, consolidating in that environment helps solve some of these tough problems, like you talked about the cookie apocalypse or iOS 14.5 and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I think that having some level of scale helps give marketers confidence that the partners they're working with are invested and capable of solving their the tough problems that they face. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I help Singular with is the ROI index. And when I look at sort of the competitive landscape in mobile marketing, you see Facebook and Google, right? <laughs> massive giants. You see some of the, the second tier SANS, self-attributed networks, the Snaps and Twitters and Pinterest and stuff like that, along with kind of the top tier of large ad networks. And then you see literally thousands of others. How do you see the competitive landscape and where does Vungle fit in that? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, there's no question that mobile marketing is a competitive space. Uh, we, we certainly view Vungle as having a really unique position in the market. Uh, our CEO, Jeremy, often likes to use the phrase that we're providing app developers, the, the picks and shovels for, for what you might consider like the mobile gold rush, so to speak. And, and so, you know, we partner with those advertisers and marketers to help them build more effective products, reach their users more. Uh, we have the scale to do that. You know, a genuine question we ask ourselves basically every day is what problems are adjacent to user acquisition and monetization that developers need to solve in order to grow their business? And, and you know, I do think we're uniquely positioned to help them do that. Our recent acquisitions kind of alongside Vungle's core legacy business just reinforce that. It reinforces the pattern that, you know, we, we've got the a broader capability to help them, whether that's in refining the game experience so that users really have like a delightful experience and, and stay and use that game more frequently, whether it's acquire more users uh, and acquire those users more effectively. And then JetFuel kind of expands that to be able to acquire users, uh, basically acquire Gen Z users in the manner that they, they're most accustomed to, to engaging with content, which is through, uh, you know, social media. That's a great segue. Um, cause jet fuel is a massive bet on influencer marketing. Maybe give us a bit of an overview of jet fuel and then talk about the acquisition, the, the rationale behind that acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. I, even before I get into jet fuel, I mean, our, our thesis was, uh, we looked at the, the influencer space in general and just saw the explosive growth. I think that the stats are that there's going to be about $14 billion worth of spend in influencer marketing uh, this year. And that's up from, you know, less than $2 billion just a few years ago. That's huge. Uh, yeah. So we, we saw the explosive growth and then we thought about how could we take advantage of that uh, and JetFuel was just a natural extension of what we do. And I say that because JetFuel has basically built a platform to facilitate influencer marketing. Uh, you know, the, the biggest challenges in that space historically has been that it just doesn't scale. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to contact one influencer 
after another individually <laughs> negotiate rates. And, and, you know, the platform Jet Fuel put together was just kind of the perfect answer for that. And it also complements the approach that we take with advertising today. Like Vungle is very performance oriented and Jet Fuel is very performance oriented. So, you know, it was, you know, I use the term natural, but it's a natural extension of what we do with advertisers today. But going after more of that Gen Z demographic that, that maybe is playing, you know, is using apps less frequently, but is on TikTok and Snap and Instagram, you know, hourly or, or you know, daily. Well, it's really interesting, right? I mean, that has been the traditional knock on influencer marketing, right? I mean, how do you scale it? Unless you're going with a Kardashian or something like that and spending, I don't know, millions and millions and millions of dollars for one influencer, it's this one-off, one-off, one-off. The interesting thing about Jet Fuel, and I'm just looking at your press release right now, 15,000 fully verified influencers with a combined reach of over 4 billion Instagram followers, 1.5 billion TikTok followers, and 100 million daily Snapchat views. That's not small. That's no. significant scale. Yeah, John, you, I mean, you said it better than, than I did. Like, you know, the idea is that they've, uh, they platformized the ability to reach a significant number of influencers in a scalable way. So you can set your campaign up on their platform. You can reach 15,000 influencers that can opt in to take your campaign and present it to their, their, uh, their followers. They have specifics around like creative license around that, but there's a whole approval process that, uh, that those creators work with the advertisers to make sure they're presenting content that's both favorable for, for the advertisers and marketers, but also matches the voice that they have with their followers and the whole reason why they have such a strong influence over, over kind of the, the users that, that are interested in the content they normally produce. Uh, and doing all that in more of an automated fashion, uh, combining that with a performance orientation. So everything Jet Fuel does is, is focused on how the campaign performs. There, there's some kind of call to action in the creatives that could be download an, an app that could be performed some kind of action. And ultimately, the, the creators are compensated in that, that same fashion. So creators are compensated based on the performance of the ads themselves. So they're highly motivated to create content that's relevant for their users and to pick campaigns that they think will, will resonate well. What's interesting for me here, seeing the ability to scale marketing via influencer marketing, recently talked to a marketing executive for direct to consumer for Clorox. And she had a phrase that I liked, which was surround sound marketing, which was she wanted to blanket her audience from all directions. I mean, not overwhelm, right? But if you went on the web, you found it. If you went on mobile, you found it. You went on social, you found it. And so there was this surround sound effect of this brand is everywhere. And if you wanted to do that in mobile marketing in the past, you could do that on paid. You could do that maybe with rewarded video. You could do that with, you know, banners and stuff like that. It was really hard to do that with influencers. But now if you have the budget, you can have your message pretty sure you're going to get to just about everybody multiple ways, multiple times. That's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a big believer that when you run campaigns, you need to meet your demographic where they live. Right. And, and so, you know, especially in this day and age, 
being able to blanket that demographic in the spots that they're you know most frequently consuming content is extremely important. And I think we've learned in the pandemic that that you know just running maybe traditional TV advertising or something like that is not sufficient. Uh, well, I guess we've learned that long before the pandemic, but uh, you know that that's certainly not sufficient. And so blanking blanketing those consumers to get your your message out is great. And then what we're really big on is then combining that with the ability to measure campaign performance, optimize those campaigns, and you know jet fuel fits exactly in that same light. You know they're very focused on performance uh, of the campaigns. They're the only influencer marketing that's actually recognized by Apps Flyer for uh, for how they how the campaigns perform and delivering ROAS for advertisers. Interesting. Interesting. How does that marketing measurement uh, change? How has that changed and how will that change? We know uh, third-party cookies have been, give, have been given a reprieve. Um, we know IDFA is for all intents and purposes gone for most of your app installers. We feel like the Android app ID, the Google ad ID is probably following at some point, maybe around the same time frame as third party cookies, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. Uh, what does that look like in terms of marketing measurement now? You said it's very measurable. How is that happening? Uh, are you asking how is it happening on the jet fuel influencer side? Yes. Well, what's interesting about jet fuel is that uh, the IDFA or the device ID was is never a component for for attribution for them. If you think about the way influencer marketing works, we're basically relying on these content creators to post messages on their own TikTok or Snap or Instagram pages. And in those cases, we don't know the device IDs of the people that are consuming the, that content. And so, so we're really leveraging. The, the same infrastructure to track performance on a click-through basis that, you know, has been kind of time-tested outside of a typical device ID, uh, you know, attribution model. Mm -hmm. And so it, like a lot of those problems with iOS 14.5 as an example, just don't really apply heavily in the, the jet fuel economy. But even if they, if they do, uh, you know, this is actually part of our, our strategy, like our acquisition of Algolift back in October uh, of 2020 is actually set up to, to automate the attribution and optimization of campaigns independent of whether there's specific like identifiers of users. So we mm -hmm. do true probabilistic attribution of campaigns across all channels. You know, that could be spend on Vungle, that could be spend on Facebook. Uh, and then we use that to try and make automated recommendations for where marketers ought to be allocating their budget and, mm -hmm. and leveraging that technology is part of the synergies that we expect to get with JetFuel. So, so we plan on applying those same kind of synergies that we have with Algolift in our, our core business across the JetFuel influencer marketing space. Excellent. So that sounds like it's a combination of sort of uh, web-based measurement as well as um, almost incrementality in some sense, uh, algorithm-based, probabilistic, uh, what's going on, what's happening, what activity is being driven by this new marketing that you're putting in place. So um, has Vungle finished its acquisition spree or is there more to come? 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't have anything specific that I can disclose on, on this, uh, in a, in this conversation, but I will say that we are actively looking at opportunities to continue to expand our purview and solve our app developers problems. Uh, and, you know, we take a very measured approach. Uh, we've been super active just in the last nine months, acquiring, you know, three companies and announcing this jet fuel deal. Uh, I, don't there's no plan to slow down that you know if we find something that we think is going to be the right fit for our company our culture and our vision we'll we'll continue the trajectory but we're also you know we have a great business just with you know what we have today so there is no requirement that we go and kind of add and expand uh you know we're going to do that opportunistically Interesting, interesting. Yeah, of course, we've seen that in the past, right? We've seen that with some companies that were going public and needed to add some revenue. So they had to do an acquisition. I won't name any names and I won't ask you any questions about that. Uh, but it has been interesting to see. Scott, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. No, this was great. I appreciate the conversation, John. And uh, yeah, excited to participate.